What a jam-packed episode we just finished. Dementia with Grace, Insights to Elevate Your Quality of Life. We looked at three things real quick. We looked at understanding dementia and its impact on you as the family caregiver. We talked about retrogenesis, which you'll have to listen to the episode to find out what the big fat fancy word retrogenesis actually means. We looked at effective communication strategies, and we talked about, uh, you know, effective strategies that you can start practicing right now before it becomes a problem. And then the third thing that we looked at is creating a supportive environment for the family caregiver. And we talked about the fact that a family caregiver doesn't always recognize that they are a family caregiver and that we need to talk about the fact that we are dealing with dementia much earlier and way more often than we are. So listen to today's program and I'll see you on the other side. Hey there, success seeker. Welcome to Dementia Caregiving for Families. Do you feel overwhelmed with the daily struggle of dementia caregiving? Looking for an easier path? You're in the right place. On this podcast, we teach you the skills to simplify caregiving. We unravel the mystery of dementia and guide you through the often difficult behaviors. I'm Lizette, your host and fellow family caregiver. As an occupational therapist, I bring my professional and personal experience to this community. Here we speak the truth, but without the verbal vomit. I know you will find value in today's program. So buckle up while this flight takes off. Well, welcome to today's episode of Dementia Caregiving for Families. This is episode number 62, and it is called Dementia with Grace, Insights to Elevate Your Quality of Life. And what I mean by your quality of life is not only the person that you are helping with dementia, but you, the family caregiver, how can we elevate your quality of life? The first thing I wanted to talk about today is we really need to understand dementia and its impact on you. And what do I mean by that? So what I mean by that is that oftentimes when a person that we love is being is being diagnosed or has shown difficulty with their thinking for a while, we tend to do what I call the ostrich maneuver, right? It means we we are aware that something is happening to them frequently, but because of life and lots of different factors, we don't always want to acknowledge the changes that we see. But one of the most important things that you can consider and remember is how dementia changes the brain. There's actual physical changes to the brain. And then a process, what is called in in the, the medical jargon, retrogenesis, which literally means going back to the beginning, retro, 1960s, bell bottoms and the whole nine yards, right? Retro and then Genesis, which means the beginning of, um, you know, the Bible is Genesis, right? So the beginning. So what is retrogenesis? 
Retrogenesis is just a, a big, fat, fancy word for us to consider how a person who is going through a dementia process will frequently go back to the beginning. So think about it this way. Most of us have had children. We've Most of us have seen children grow up. Most of us know how children develop you know, from a baby, sitting, crawling, standing, walking, feeding themselves, getting dressed, managing their bladder, all of these different things that we we go through as we develop into adulthood, which if you are listening to this and you're under 25, I'm just going to joke with you a little bit because uh, our cognitive abilities continue to develop until we're about 25 years old. There's a reason why insurance companies have young adults have higher premiums on the insurance, right? Because our cognition is still forming until we're about 25. Now, if you're over 25, I hate to break it to you, but your brain is already starting to go the other way. So back to retrogenesis. How does retrogenesis and dementia work together? What, what do you need to understand and what is the impact on it? Well, the impact that I want you to take, the takeaway that I have for you today, something I want you to consider, is that in, in, a, in, a, in a broad sense, you can look at the person that you are supporting and loving that has dementia from this regard, wherever you find out that they are in a dementia process will be the the highest that they are going to be moving forward. Unfortunately, as of right now, it is a degenerative constant backwards changing, the retrogenesis aspect of it. And the person living with dementia is not doing this stuff on purpose. They are not on purpose trying to annoy you or frustrate you or uh, make your life difficult. They are actually having physical changes to their brain. And so if you consider that a person is having actual physical changes to their brain and you are expecting them to change, I would like to propose to you that there's this old saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? So we expect the person who has physical brain changes, real life reasons for the fact that their brain isn't working as well anymore, but we expect them to change. And so, like I said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting somebody and expecting a different result in the in the in the forming of um, or in the process of a dementia caregiving journey. We unfortunately are like those, um, you know, insane people that we expect the person that we are helping that is living with physical brain changes uh, but we expect them to change. And that's a little bit insane, guys. I just want to point out, we're the ones that can change. The person living with dementia cannot change. So how do we navigate dementia caregiving with grace, right? We navigate dementia caregiving with grace by understanding, truly understanding that the person that we love, that the person that we are helping loses the ability to actually change and that the the burden of that, the onus of that is on me as the person helping them to actually change. So that's the first thing I wanted us to consider today.
The second thing that we're going to talk about a little bit is effective communication strategies. So when we have a person living with dementia that can be at any stage, right, all the way from just recently found out they have difficulty with their thinking, but they're still driving and maybe working um, and pretty high level, but we know that there's a diagnosis of some sort of cognitive impairment now, and we know that we have to deal with that all the way through to the end of life and a person who may be bedridden and barely making eye contact or having um, the ability to communicate effectively with us and everything in between. Uh, so how does effective communication strategies um, then be able to be put together with, say, retrogenesis, right? So I want you to consider that as parents, most of us have been parents. And if you haven't been a parent, most of us have been around children, right? For example, um, cousins, nephews, nieces, grandkids, other people's children. We have most of us been around other children. You wouldn't sit down with a two-year-old or a three-year-old and try to reason why it's not safe for them to uh, put something in the microwave with tinfoil on or why it's not appropriate for them to be driving, uh, whatever the case might be. We intuitively, as people, know that a two, three, four-year-old child does not have the reasoning ability to be able to see the secondary consequences of the things that they are doing. For example, like I said, driving. But because we are working with people that are adults that have physical changes to their brain, there are real physical reasons why they are not planning well, why they are not remembering things. And dementia is more than just not remembering things, and it's not just being forgetful. There are changes to the brain, and they start typically in the free the prefrontal cortex with what we call the higher level skills, right? The things like organizing and planning and anticipating the consequences of things. So when a person is at, at a higher level, at the beginning, it is possible to still do somewhat limited reasoning with them. But I would contend that it's a bad habit that we get into and then that we are trying to reason with somebody that over time is going to lose the ability to reason. And ultimately, what I'm trying to teach you is that I'm really here to train you more than I'm here to train the person that you care about living with dementia. Because yet again, the person living with dementia ultimately is not going to be able to change and accommodate for those changes, which means it has to come from me. So if at the beginning of a dementia caregiving journey, I'm constantly trying to reason with somebody that I know in the future is not going to be able to reason for themselves anymore, I'm setting myself up for difficulty because then I've trained myself to try to reason with this person, whereas there are other strategies to communicate that we can that we can utilize, like, you know, not arguing with the person or just trying to find a different way of um, getting the same results, trying to figure out uh, what it is that that person needs or wants, because most communication, everybody 
like you and me, normal people, I've never been called normal, but people are trying to communicate their from their perspective, right? From their emotional perspective. So if we start to consider that that the person that you're communicating with is trying to tell you something without words over time, then it makes it a lot easier for you to be able to guess. I have a very simple framework that I teach people in my group coaching program and in you know some of my online um, courses that I call the Dementia Peace framework because the piece actually stands for person living with dementia, the environment that they're living in, the activities that they are engaged in or not engaged in, um, the contributions that the care partner brings to the table, and then educating the person educating everybody using evidence-based practices. So that's what the peace framework stands for. And I go over it in um, some of my online courses. And then um, in my group coaching, we really go into how to communicate at what level, at whatever level the person is that you are helping. But I want you to consider that, you know, we want to create good habits in you from the beginning and not just wait until things have changed and then try to relearn how to communicate with the person that you love. So the third thing that I want us to talk about how to navigate dementia with grace and then insights to elevate your quality, your quality of life, both you and the person that you love, is how to create a supportive environment for you, the care partner, for you, the person who is helping the person living with dementia. One of the biggest problems that I have experienced, and I'm very sure that you have had this experience yourself, is that nobody wants to talk about dementia. Am I right? Do you want to talk about dementia? Do you want to tell other people in your life, in your church, at work, your colleagues, that somebody that you love is going through these changes? I know for a fact from my own personal experience, nobody wants to talk about it, me included. And I've come to the conclusion that a big reason why we don't want to talk about it is because there is such a stigma for people living with dementia that, you know, they're not the same person they were or um, because our thinking processes houses our personality and our preferences and our worldview and all of these different things that the stigma related to it is because that person is now no longer exhibiting the 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 personhood that they were before and so it's easy for us to want to hide that to pull up the rug and slide it under the rug and just say you know kind of like the ostrich la 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 close my ears I don't want to talk about it because if I talk about it then I've got to acknowledge it part of the problem with that though is realistically we need help as a family caregiver way before we are even ready to acknowledge that we need help I'll use this as a as an example I was getting just the the day I'm recording this episode is the week I launched this podcast called Dementia Caregiving for Families. And at church on Sunday night, I was talking to 
anybody and everybody I thought might have an iPhone to help me do some reviews of this podcast. And what became really evident very quickly to me was that there were people in my own church and in my own community that are helping distance-wise, helping parents who are living with dementia, that they truly or don't understand the implications on their uh, healthy parent who is helping their, their parent with dementia. And pretty much the, the answer was, oh, they're doing fine. Well, they may be doing fine right now, but if we don't put a supportive environment in place and undergird them and come up from underneath and support them, by the time they get to that overwhelmed phase, to that I'm burning out phase, to that life is just not going to ever be the same again because they're they're in it, we have waited too long to, to really, truly, effectively help that person because dementia caregiving is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And none of us go into a marathon without preparing for it. If you're going to run a marathon, you go to the gym, you walk, you do weights, you eat right, you change a lot of things, and and you start running. You don't run 26 miles immediately. You start walk to run, and then especially if you're like me, you've never run, run a marathon, uh, what you will do is you'll do walk to run, and you'll go for a mile, and then you're going to slowly start to increase that until you get to the marathon. We prepare for a marathon. We prepare to sprint. But what we're not doing is we are really not preparing for caregiving. We're not putting supportive environments in place for the caregivers. We do not talk early and often about the ramifications of waiting until something goes wrong. Uh, why do we wait for the crisis to occur before we find help? Why do we wait until things are overwhelming because we have just, we do the thing that everybody does, right? You you do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And even though I recognize that that is noble and good and just to try to do this by yourself, nobody can take care of somebody living with cognitive impairment by themselves. But there's an expectation that a dyad, a mom and a dad are going to you know, mom's there to take care of dad, but who's taking care of mom? And that's where I want to encourage you guys as family caregivers, if you're if you're children of parents who have dementia, we don't want to assume uh, that they are actually doing okay because they probably are coping, but that doesn't mean that they are actually doing okay. And so we don't want to hide uh, a dementia care journey from the people that are around us. We don't want to hide it from our children. We do not want to hide it from our family. We do not want to hide it from our church. If you are at work and you're a daughter of somebody who has dementia, you need to speak about it early and often at your place of work that you are having this in your life so that you can gain the support that you need. Uh, you might feel right now, if you're a dementia caregiver, that you're coping. But my 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 um, encouragement to you is to find support earlier than you actually think you need it. Because 
it is insidious. It is slow. And and by the time you open your eyes and you're overwhelmed, it's too late. We can do things way sooner to help make dementia care easier for you and to make your quality of life better as well as the quality of life of the person that you're helping who is living with dementia. Dementia can, you can navigate the dementia caregiving journey with grace. It does not need to be a woe is me and doom and gloom. And if today you are in that position where it is a woe is me and doom and gloom, please reach out to me. In the show notes, there is a way for you to schedule a 20-minute call. I will help you and we can talk about your struggles. But I beg you, do not wait too late. Um, And then in another episode, we're going to talk, you know, very much about self-care because you cannot be on this marathon journey without taking care of yourself. And we do not talk about taking care of yourself as a, as a caregiver. And it doesn't mean I want, I want everybody to stop and think for a second, because one of the things I'm starting to recognize is that caregivers, family caregivers, do not recognize that they are family caregivers. So kudos to you guys that you're here today, because if you're listening to Dementia Caregiving for Families, you at least recognize that you are a dementia caregiver. The, the challenge that I have and my ask for you to help me Uh, get the word out is anybody who has a family member, especially if they are a parent, uh, even though you're not the quote unquote direct supervision family caregiver, if your parent has dementia and there is a mom who is helping, or if your mom has dementia and there is a dad who is helping, even if you don't live under the same roof, you are a dementia caregiver. You are are in the realm of dementia caregiving and your primary role and your primary function is not, I contend, to help the person living with dementia. We do that for sure. But your primary role as a dementia caregiving family is to support the primary caregiver of the person living with dementia because it takes more than two people to help somebody living with dementia and to do it well. We have to do a better job of getting those primary family caregivers, the 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 person who is living with the person living with dementia, we have to do a better job of actually getting the support that they them the support that they need. So I invite you if you are ready to actually go and get the help that you need, I invite you to go to dementia caregiving made easy.com uh, and forward forward slash start because I do have a program where I help the family caregivers of people living with dementia be able to actually take care of the person without them burning out. There's a supportive community. We do education. We do actual coaching. We teach you the actual skills that you need in order to provide the care. And the the biggest benefit that my program has is I actually, for the price of one, let you put your whole family circle in, which means one person pays or everybody chips in and pays for the program. And then everybody can be in the same program getting the same information because at some point or another, 
you are going to have to step in and help the person who is living with dementia and their primary care partner in order to be able to navigate this marathon. So if you're ready to actually work with me, it's called Dementia Caregiving. Go to DementiaCaregivingMadeEasy.com forward forward slash start. And if you're not and you do need help today, go to the show notes and and grab the link to the call and schedule a 20-minute call. I promise you, I will take care of you because we are in this to win this. We're in this to do this together. And so to recap real quick, we looked at three things, understanding what dementia is and what retrogenesis is. And then we looked at effective caregiving uh, communication strategies briefly, and then we looked at a, creating the supportive environment for the family caregivers. And, uh, you know, this is a jam-packed episode. I'm super excited that you're here. And if you're ready to actually take this to the next level, and if this resonates with you, please go to my website and schedule a call or reach out to me. I'm happy to speak to you at any time. What a jam-packed episode we just finished. Dementia with Grace. Insights on how to elevate your quality of life. And when I mean your quality of life, I mean both you, the person who is the family caregiver, as well as the person who you are helping who is living with dementia. And yet again, we just to recap the episode real quick. I am super passionate about helping family caregivers living with dementia. We looked at understanding dementia briefly and its impact and retrogenesis and what that is. We looked at effective communication strategies today and that we need to start practicing more often earlier on in our journey and how do we know how how to actually communicate and finding a community where we can practice these skills. So we talked about that and creating good habits of communication with the person living with dementia right from the beginning and not waiting until it's too late. And then the third point that we looked at today is the supportive environment, creating a supportive environment for the person who is helping the person living with dementia. And I invited you, if you resonate with me, to look at joining our group coaching program, where you will get community, where you will get a um, education, where we do actual in-depth education, and where you will be able to practice these skills in a very in-depth, longitudinal, over time, for your marathon, not your sprint environment. Uh, so please, if you're ready to work with me, I invite you to go to DementiaCaregivingMadeEasy.com forward slash start. Thanks for joining me today, Success Seeker. I pour my heart and soul into this program to serve you. You can serve me by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And join our free Facebook group, Dementia Caregiving for Families. It's a positive and proactive space to navigate dementia caregiving together. Get practical tools and find support, but without the verbal vomit. Be a part of our community where we seek to find peace of mind and ease, despite the dementia diagnosis. So join today and see you next time as our flight takes off.